Hello, I'm Sai. Um, that's the wrong way round. Sick. Should we, should, we, should we do it again? Yeah, let's do that one again. Hello, I'm Dan. I'm Simon. And this is the Wikicast, a podcast where Wikipedia takes us to a random article and we talk about what we find. Simon, what are we talking about this week? This week, Daniel, we're talking about list of ambassadors of Sweden to Ukraine. Wow. Wow. We haven't had, in a good long while, one of those really, really niche, long-titled Wikipedia articles, you know? Niche? And yet somehow, if you were to pick two countries at the moment that were the most relevant to the Wikicast, Ukraine is obviously everywhere in the news because of the invasion, but also Sweden is the only place the Wikicast has an international branch. Indeed, yeah. It doesn't yeah. get much better than this. Our flagship uh, our flagship office. It's our satellite group. It's, it, you know, they are to us what Carthage was to the Phoenicians. <laughs> brilliant. Again, with the sort of really accessible references, it's brilliant. Yeah, Great. modern, up-to-date, cutting yeah. edge. Pop culture. I don't know who, in this context, the Romans are. Whoever's going to come and beat up the... <laughs> beat up and completely destroy the oh, Swedish Wikicast. I have no idea. The vengeful people of Alaska after Eric has to leave them. Yes, yeah, probably that, actually. This is law. Wiki, deep Wikicast law. So, list of ambassadors from Sweden to Ukraine. Yeah, and interestingly, the Swedish mm. embassy in Kiev was opened in 1992. Oh, wow. Which, when you think about it, does make sense because Ukraine didn't exist as a modern nation until after the dissolution of the Soviet Union. Hmm. So it does actually have a little bit underneath that saying Swedish representatives in the Ukrainian part of the Russian Empire, mm. as it was for a long time previously. In fact, so long previously that the first person in the office, John Wilkins, that doesn't sound like a very Swedish name. Yeah. That sounds like a, the classic bodega American. John yes. Wilkins. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he was in office from 1830 to 1857. There's list 183 question mark. Wow. There are some great names here. Like, I feel like these articles are great places if you're an author to come up with names of characters. Oh, for sure. Because the first, you know, five here are John Wil John Wilkins, Ignace von Efrusi, Robert Wilkins, Oscar Moritz Herbert Osberg. Wow. And Adolf Gustav Munch. Oh, we love Munch. Munch. Das ist wunderbar. Not so keen on Adolf. Yeah, that, I mean, that it, it starts and you sort of get a little bit tense, but as it goes on, it's all right. Yeah, and actually, very interesting, again, connection to this. So I was in Strasbourg last week. Mm -hmm. I was giving a... I can't really believe that I'm saying this. I was giving a masterclass at a summer school at the European Parliament. So I previously, two years ago, I did an event where there was like a panel on climate communication and I got to know a couple of people and this year they invited me back and said, could you do an hour long masterclass on how you make content about climate? And mm. um, which is a very interesting experience going over and I experienced European Parliament bureaucracy to the gills. Like I was waiting for two and a half hours before I could get into the building. Wow. It was absurd and it was very hot. Like it was not a pleasant experience. Anyway, and the hotel I was staying in was one door down from the Ukrainian consulate, I guess, like the Ukrainian re representative to the European Parliament. I at first thought it was just a nice residential house with a Ukrainian flag on, like, you know, a lot of places have these days. But no, it was the Ukrainian consulate or whatever the correct term is, which I was a little bit taken aback by. Gosh, extraordinary. 
How many people attended that then? Tell me more about this. I'm curious about this. The summer school was for sort of young journalists. And I, th- oh, I'm terrible at, at guessing. I, w- I think there might have been 80 or something like that in the room. Right. But that was part of, and the reason it took so long to get into the parliament, there was something called the European Youth Event, which has something like 10,000 people going to it. And oh, the it was- I. Yeah. Have you heard of it? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I mean, I, I wanted to. I wanted to, get, wanted to was, oh. I was sort of like spurring you on from the sidelines. Go on. Yeah. yeah. Keep going. Go on, Murray. Go on. <laughs> Come on, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get uh, new balls, please? So, yeah, there was, there was like 10,000 people there. And they basically, the security outside, after I'd gone through the first eight steps of bureaucracy, the security were basically like, yeah, the parliament's full. Sorry. We can't. We can't have anyone else come in there's too many people <laughs> so i was like well i don't know about you sir but i'm giving a masterclass in 30 minutes <laughs> so i've got to get in yeah so what are you going to do about that so that was lovely but, but strasbourg i mean the second third time i've been i went once when i was a school kid on like a school trip not to the parliament but just to like it was a french german trip um and then i went two years ago i really like strasbourg never been it's got a historic city center which is in like an island mm. and then because there's the parliament there, there's obviously like quite a lot of money. So there's some really nice houses, very nice neighbourhoods. But also there was a lovely park called, uh, I think it was L'Orangerie, like the Orangerie. Right, yeah. Which, which has like a big stately home in the middle of it. Mm. And I, I basically, I went for a run in the morning and I went around it. But it was, you know, imagine like a typical London royal park. But then, as well as all the typical pigeons and stuff like that, they had white cranes nesting. Wow. These birds that are like you know, four foot tall? I don't actually know how tall they are, but their nests were enormous. They were like six, yes. seven foot wide nests just perched on top of the like the roof line of this building. And it looks, you know, like an alien or something has, has landed on the top of these buildings, but just no one's batting an eyelid. It's just completely normal. Amazing. It's, it's like the pelicans in, is it Hyde Park? Mm. They're very charming. The, pel- the only bird whose beak can fit more than its belican. Uh, very good. I can't remember where that's from. It's something my mum used to say. It's not from something from the giraffe, the Pelly and me, is it? What's that? Isn't that Roald Dahl? Oh, it does sound more. It does sound like Roald Dahl, yeah. The giraffe, um, the Pelly and me, yeah. Great. I had it as an... I had... This is a tangent, but it is the podcast after all, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> I, I still now religiously listen to audiobooks and podcasts and, and, and you know, particularly, as is known, uh, Harry Potter audiobooks i mean i complete sort of 13 cycles a year a cycle being listening to books one to seven that's one cycle so it's um (laughs) it's a bit of a problem for me really but anyway Mm. when i was a child i had a whole host of different audiobooks on radio cassette no less so proper old school um but one of them was a selection of roald dahl stories narrated by roald dahl i had one of these I think I don't think mine was narrated by Roald Dahl, but I had some of these. I had Danny Champion of the World on tape. Yeah, I had that. So I think in my ones I had Danny Champion of the World, SEO Trot. Yes. Certainly um, Willy Wonka or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, rather. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Fantastic Mr. Fox was brilliant. That was so good. I remember really liking SEO Trot. I have to. That's a name I've not thought about for a long time, but because it's yeah. one chapter. Like I remember, I remember saying to um, my parents, like, you know, could, can I have a bedtime story? And they said, yes, okay, but you can have one chapter. Which which book would you like a chapter from? And I asked for SEO Trot. Mm. I, just, I just got the entire book. Yeah, 
They were great. Oh, I need to listen to those again. I might. I wonder if I've still got them somewhere. I must do. It's a very it's comfort food. But although I know there has been that whole thing recently, hasn't there, with the um, should they be edited and should some of them be because you know a lot of the uh, language yeah. in it. Like, yeah. let's not forget that the Oompa Loompas are in the book. I think like a tribe of African pygmies that Wonka's just enslaved. Yeah, basically. Or or has invited to work for him. I think like anything that's sort of of a time it comes with the the complexities and the and the wrongs of that time right mm. but surely the you know things like this this is an opportunity to educate and inform and move forward as opposed to simply remove yeah denying um, it happened i'm not sure i'm not sure the removal and and the sort of abridging everything you know and redacting work is the right way to do it but Without knowing the specifics, it's difficult to form yeah. a coherent opinion. But yeah, I think I do agree with you. Absolutely. Like the, the Warner Brothers cartoons, like they, the, I think some of them now come with, because a lot of them that were made in the 50s have a lot of quite regressive stereotypes. Well, yeah. I mean, I watched Peter Pan, the original animated Peter Pan the other day. Mm. And that has a that has a, a sort of warning at the front saying, you know, this film is complicated for these reasons because of their portrayal of Native Americans. Exactly. Yeah. But I think that, but it's the fact that it lets the audience form its own opinion, right? Like it's, yeah. this is our statement on it. We're not going to change it because it's art that's reflective of its time. Be aware that this is a thing that it's, almost, well, it's basically a content warning, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Viewer discretion or whatever, you know, it's up to you. Although leaving things to people's best judgments, I don't know if you know this, Dan, but people are idiots. Like this is the danger of, of this approach. Yeah, the, I mean, there is that. As we see over and over again. With the, is it just me, by the way? This is such an old man thing to say. But the past week or so, the news has just kept coming and not stopped coming. Yeah. People getting arrested, people getting indicted, people dying. Like, it, it's been, I'm frankly, today's been quite a quiet news day. It's, it's what, Thursday the 15th we're recording this. So maybe something e enormous will happen on Friday the 16th. Yeah. But here, at least, I'm quite enjoying it. <laughs> No, I do agree. It's been a bonkers week and not not good bonkers. Mm. Just sort of really, the, you know, the human race has not been at its finest. And also, I mean, here in the UK, and I think in Western Europe in general, it's been bloody hot. Oh, it's so hot. It's been really it's crazy warm. hot. I mean, right now in Bath, I mean, this is where we're going to get all the um, Americans being like, oh, oh, you all think that is hot? <laughs> it was 27 degrees today in Bath. And it's going to be, and it goes, it's only going down to 17, 16 degrees at night. Yeah. The trouble is it's, it's been, it's been really humid as well, hasn't it? We've had a yeah. few sort of flash sort of storms and things, and, but it's been pretty tough. When I'm working in London, I'm in one of two offices. One of the offices has reasonable air conditioning. The other, the other's sort of struggles and it, it's been a struggle. Oh, and tell you what's worse, going in on the tube, a packed tube in the morning mm. and being apps, being like sort of dripping with sweat before you arrive at work. Oh, to be living in Exeter and just, you know, oh, I'm going to amble up to the university. It was a bit hot today. I'll just take my time, you know? Yeah. Or I'll be like, I'll get up earlier and go for a swim at the uni. Youth is wasted on the young Dan. Yeah. It, oh, it, oh, it is. It is. I've been saying this for years. <laughs> Old man at heart. Yeah, Dan was born at the age of 50. Yeah. So the other thing to mention is it's been hot. And I actually don't know if this is the case about you, but I have terrible hay fever. I am specifically allergic to grass pollen and it has been rough. I'm pretty sure that I'm tree pollen. Oh, so a little earlier. Yeah, So, but, but I didn't used to ever get hay fever. And then about five years ago, just in incredibly intense 
symptoms and 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 yeah a real struggle i have now started taking that there's this new medication on the market that was formerly you'd have to you could have you have to get it sort of over the counter on prescription but they've released it to the masses and it's pretty good is it alcohol yeah it's al- yeah it's not. well i mean alcohol <laughs> triggers the histamine response so it's not alcohol mm. but but it's it's it comes in like a purple box if that's helpful and it's not ribena okay or vimto i mean i need to i need to get on something stronger because i have been well let me put it like this i've been sat at my desk today and i have been wearing for most of the day swimming goggles and i've had pieces of toilet paper up my nose because it is unbearable otherwise it is, and it, and it doesn't help that it's so hot. Well, it's so hot, which means that you have to have the window open, um, yeah. and we've got a fan on and everything. But also because it hasn't rained for so long, the pollen is just saturated in the air. Like when it rains, it flushes out a lot of the particulate matter that's in the in the atmosphere, and that just hasn't happened. So it's just been accumulating and accumulating. And what did I do yesterday? What did I choose to to, to spend this pollen-filled, incredibly hot, sweaty day doing? I went for a cycle for a video where I tried to go from Bath to London with my electric bike. That's crazy. You pick your moments, don't you? <laughs> I, well, the thing is, I needed a day on which it was sunny from the very beginning. Like, it had to be 7 or 8 o'clock already sunny because I was cycling with a solar panel. And unfortunately, that meant a really still day where all the yeah. pollen was hanging in the air and it was really, really hot. Yeah. Gosh. I hurt in a lot of places. I woke up this morning and I was just, I felt about 30 years older. <laughs> like, oh, I'm looking forward to seeing that though. Yeah, I, I think it's a good video. And what's interesting is it was a video that I had an idea for. I had a very clear idea. Of, okay, this is video is going to be about this. And mm. then it was when I was having lunch in the middle of, of sort of the cycle, I realized, actually, no, this is a video about this other thing, which they're, they're very much connected. But based on the experience of how it was going up to that point, I was like, actually no i know what this is about now which doesn't often happen when i make a video i often you, normally you come up with an idea you flesh out your learning objectives you do your bullet point script and then you flesh that out into a script and at no at very rarely do you have like quite a big change of direction whereas with this one it was like i zoomed out and i saw the previous video in a frame that mm. lived within the frame of the video mm. i don't know if, yeah i don't know if it's ever happened before so it's gonna be i'm looking forward to making it interesting yeah, absolutely. I've got a real fire under my ass for making videos at the moment, actually. like, There's quite a lot of exciting projects going on all at once, some of which I can't talk about. But yes. I have, I won't say who it's with, but I did have a really exciting conversation with a sponsor last week Ooh. to sponsor a video that I've wanted to make for a very long time. And it's the best fit for a piece of content that I could possibly imagine. Like, people will see it in next month and go, oh, that's what he was talking about. So there's. Yeah, something really cool coming. I just can't say what it is. So exciting. The other thing, Dan, before we move on, is I discovered the origin of that pelican phrase. Ah. It's from a limerick. It was a limerick written by Dixon Lania Merritt. Ah. The full text is, A wonderful bird is the pelican. His bill can hold more than his belican. He can take in his beak food enough for a week. I'll be damned if I know... What? I'm damned if I know how the hell he can. I feel like that's uh, too many syllables. How the helican, yeah. I'm damned if I know how the helican, yes, okay. Yeah, yeah, that fits. He can take in his beak food enough for a week. I'm damned if I know how the helican. Yeah, that's nice. I like that. That's good. I like that a lot. The return of Poetry Corner. <laughs> yeah, we haven't had that for a while. 
Good grief. If you want to bring some poetry to the podcast, Dan, like I... Yeah, maybe I actually, I really do, because I'm inevitably now, what with being a worker and contributing to the economy, Mm. my free time has sort of deteriorated quite significantly, so I'm not able to do as much singing as I was like. Mm. However, I'm hopefully going to be doing some cantoring at at a cathedral in London, which will be fun. But yes, maybe, maybe poetry, maybe Old Man Dan's Poetry Podcast and Poetry Corner can make make a sort of rocking comeback. And I take it from that statement, you haven't bought a Switch since the last episode. Well, look, I haven't, and I have a good reason as to why. Mm-hmm. The reason as to why is because I jokingly mentioned it to people who I know love and care for me a great deal. And we then had a very serious conversation about, you know, what would actually be better is to save one's money and look, look, <laughs> look into, like, rent. I was like, yeah, that's probably true, actually. <laughs> But I'm not giving up. I'm, I'm going. To, I'm keeping my eyes peeled for, for something sort of you know maybe secondhand or, or you know we'll see. Hey, if anyone in the in the community has a secondhand switch, you can send it to us. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm not endorsing that. I'm not asking for somebody to go and send me a switch. Now, if one happens to arrive in the post because we do have a PO box, then extraordinary. But <laughs> it's not something you. This is not something I need. It's not an essential thing. Also. Much as I said that I'm going to be saving for rent and things, tell you what I I kind of want quite a lot. Mm. The Apple Vision Pro. Oh, really? You, really? Yeah, just because I think it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> that was what Tim Apple was going for. It was just ridiculous. I mean, it was such a bizarre thing. Oh, God. In fact, I, I watched that. I I watched WWDC dub, this dub. year. And, and, and it, it was just comically underwhelming and then vision pro at the end like you know they did their classic oh and one more thing well one more thing and then they announced this thing and i was just sitting watching it being like this is just this feels like ready player one you know casey neistat did a video i saw it yeah doing just that like it's one of these things that it's it's a sci-fi technology that so frequently people come up with you know a a piece of sci-fi technology because they read it in a book or they saw it on Star Trek, like a tricorder or, a, or whatever it is from Star Trek. And they'll develop it and everyone will go, yes, finally, we have we have XYZ. We have the tricorder from Star Trek. And this is one of the only times I can remember, maybe it's the only time I can remember, when someone did this with a piece of tech from science fiction, like Ready Player One, for example, or Fall Guy or whatever. And everyone went, no, we we yeah. don't want that machine from Ready Player One. What are you doing? This is dystopian. So as far as all of the rubbish about the amazing application it has for work, that's ludicrous. In fact, so ludicrous that I work... One of the offices I'm typically based in in London is One Canada Square in Canary Wharf, which is the second tallest skyscraper in the UK. And the views are amazing, but I'm on a particular level where it's very, very fintech, new, exciting, startup, trendy companies, Mm. and with similarly exciting, trendy people working there. And I was working yesterday and looked behind me and there was a, a meeting taking place at a sort of bench with maybe five people and they were all wearing VR headsets. Wow. And it was so bizarre. And, and they clearly have been doing this. This is a standard practice for them because they were very calm while doing it and, and looked like they were having a very productive meeting. But I could not get over how ludicrous it was. I was just sort of like, well, but how? I mean, perhaps it does, you know, perhaps there are elements. I'm sure there are elements of it that are sort of beneficial and and practical and interesting and, you know, 
fine. But I don't, I'm not buying into that. What I would love to experience is the the whole sort of scaling up of watching like TV shows and what just in sort of consuming mm. media and being able to blow a screen up to a crazy resolution. The one application I've seen that's actually got me is they showed someone on a plane, I think. Yes. And then it was as if they were in a cinema. Yeah. You know. And the resolution you're looking at is true because each eye is seeing 4K. Each eye. Yeah. Which is just ludicrous. And apparently, the, you know, from, from for those who have tried it, they've said, all jokes aside, it's incredible. Like, the tech is incredible. But is it worth three and a half thousand dollars? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> not at all. But this is the start of a new branch of tech. So, you know, I was watching an interesting video and they were saying, you know, who knows, in five or ten years time, the they might have something like the Apple Vision SE, right, which is like an, an affordable version for, yeah. you know, uh, because it's a pro product, right? It's part of the pro product line. And I don't know, I'm very interested by it. But is that not equally nightmarish? This vision of all these people going around with, because that's the other thing about it is like, if you are in a, if you're not in a VR space, then it projects your eyes onto the mm. screen on the outside, doesn't yeah. it? Like, yeah. is that not incredibly nightmarish? It's totally nightmarish. It's really, it's really bizarre. And it was very Uncanny Valley, you know. Not only that, you can do a FaceTime call with people. Oh, yeah. But they obviously can't see your face, so they, they, they create your face. You have a sort of composite. But it in- looks like The Rock from The, from, um, the Mummy Returns, like The Scorpion King. Yeah, like or it looks like um, and it's anything out of the Polar Express, you know. Yeah. But it, yeah, very strange. But anyway, that was a, gosh, that was a heck of a tangent. But I'm very interested. I'd love to go into a store and try it. As soon as you can, like, book a session, I will. Yeah. Because I want to experience this. I don't know how it works for people with glasses. Ooh. I guess you'd have to wear contacts. Like, surely you can't wear glasses with it. Yes, you would. Yeah, interesting. I'd not thought about that. Yeah, just a little side tangent there. Well, if anyone wants to send us an Apple Pro Plus, sorry, what is it called again? Apple Vision Pro, is it? Pro Plus is the is the caffeine, the caffeine tablet, <laughs> which I have not had since my fourth year of undergrad. I used to live on that for a time. I don't know why I was so stressed the entire time. So I was in Exeter last weekend tackling my house because it, yeah, I need the grass needed cutting, and it, obviously I haven't been there for a while, having sort of moved to London, and and at some point we'll need to think about wrapping things up there. And I was tidying. After having done the garden, I was going through the inside of the, I would, well, say I, my parents came down with me, thank God, because I wouldn't have been able to do it myself. And I, I found at least three boxes of Pro Plus. Oh, really? Yeah. And it just secreted in random parts of the house. I didn't realise they would be there. And they must be yours. In mine or Ed Dunn's? That's true. Could be could be Ed's. I don't think Ed ever, I didn't see Ed ever buying them. But I remember so was, mum was like, why have you got these? And said, oh, Simon. <laughs> She's like, oh, okay. <laughs> am I like a one word excuse for certain things in your household? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Why are all these tablets here? Oh, Simon. Oh, yeah. Simon. Okay. Oh, yeah, right. Of course. Yeah. Why are all the these dolls' shoes in this drawer? Oh, that was Simon. Oh, right. Then there's a jar of baby teeth in the fridge, Simon. Oh, right. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, is that blood? No. Uh, that one's not actually Simon. That one was me. I'm going to put yeah. my hands up. Yeah. I killed a guy. Oh, no, that's mine. Yeah, yeah. Don't go in the shed. <laughs> Lunch? <laughs> what I was going to say was if anyone wants to send us an Apple Pro Plus, then you can do so at our PO box. Apple Vision so, uh, Pro. Come Apple on. Vision Pro Plus. You you can send us stuff Chuckle to our PO Vision box. Vision Pro Plus. <laughs> 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 oh, you got me there. Hang on. <laughs> 
I'd have a drink of my beverage. I don't know if you can hear the, the ice chinking around. I think it's all melted now. What have you got, a gin and tonic? No, I've got a cider. Oh. I had a can of cider kicking around, and um, I thought I'd, as a treat after spending about 3,000 calories yesterday doing exercise, I would have a cider. Yeah, fair enough. I think I might have a glass of wine after this. Ooh. Oh, go on, treat yourself. I know, wild. So yeah, you can send us some Apple Calpol at Tired Bear Films. Sorry, well, the Wikicast care of Tired Bear Films, PO Box five five nine eight, Bath, and the postcode is Bravo Alpha one zero Delta Zulu, United Kingdom. I checked it about a week or two ago, and we've had a couple of things come through from readers around the world already. It was so exciting, amazing. That's so exciting. Thank you. If you're one of those lovely people who sent something in, then. I take my hat off to you and both Simon and I are incredibly grateful and can't wait to sort of dive in to what you've sent. I'm itching to open. Yeah, absolutely. I'm itching to have a look because I I've not I've not looked. We've had a postcard and I've not looked at the message on it. It's all it's on a it's on my shelf. So we're going to save all that up and when Dan comes up we will do a sort of an unboxing video which I'm really really looking forward to doing. So please do send it even if it is just a postcard or a letter. It's lovely just to have stuff from around the world and frankly seeing stamps from around the world is always really exciting. Like, you know, seeing a stamp from America or Sweden or Ukraine. It's just really geeky fun. So please, please do send us stuff. Um, if you'd like to see the address written down, it is on our Instagram, which will be linked in the description. And that's on one of our recent posts. But I think that's probably enough for this corner, Down, I think it's probably time to punt the ball over into your half of the court. That's a sports metaphor. And, well um, done. <laughs> about... A seasoned pro. An Apple Vision pro. Pro. <laughs> With a handicap score of four, Dan's really an expert at rugby football. Um <laughs> So I'm going to bowl underarm to you on the other side of, of the net and yeah. ask you what your choral piece of the week is. Well, I'll just let me just get on my water polo horse and we'll be right. <laughs> it's over. actually a seahorse. <laughs> <laughs> and this will be my piece of the week. Drum roll, please. Coral Corner. Look, I mentioned earlier, I haven't really been doing a great deal of singing. The last thing I did was mm. maybe two weeks ago, so I don't have a tremendous amount to report back. What I would say, and I'm going to take my choral piece of the week as an opportunity to mention two things. And the first thing I'm going to mention, well, before I do it, you need to tell me if I start talking and, and if I've already mentioned this on the last episode. I may well have done. Sure? It's been a bit of a busy week. I went to a gig in Shoreditch. Have I told you this? Mm. I don't think so. I went to hear a band. Oh, a youth band. A popular music. Popular music. I went with other youths to the trendy Shoreditch in London, which was phenomenal, actually. I haven't been. It was really wonderful. Yes, and our dear friend and uh, celebrity of the podcast, Hugo Wickman, ah. happened to have a spare ticket to a band. And the band is called Beatenberg. I don't know if you're familiar with Beatenberg, Simon. No. Well, they are fantastic. They're amazing. They're a South African band based in Cape Town, composed of Matthew Field, Robin Brink and Ross Dorkin. The group signed with Universal Music Group label in 2012. They are fantastic. They are really, really excellent. It's a yeah, pop, Afro-pop sort of thing. Incredibly talented trio. And they were just... It was extraordinary fun. I'm going to recommend one song in particular. That song is titled Ithaca. I encourage everyone to have a listen. Ooh. It's just glorious. And a lot of their song conception is f 
reasonably sort of firmly rooted in classic literature. And there's lots of little sort of references to the classics and, and it's just glorious. It was really excellent. And the other thing I'm going to mention is, as you will have seen today, both Simon and I, as devoted members of the readership, will know our former or rather uh, uh, both alumni of the University of Exeter Chapel Choir. Mm-hmm. And what exciting news was delivered today, Simon? I won't lie to you, Dan. I mean, I know what the news is, but I haven't opened the message thread yet because I don't want Michael Graham to see that I have seen it because I want more time. But basically, the alumni of the Chapel Choir have had a loose connection and a loose musical group kind of performing on and off. And it looks like it is being formalised into, I think the name is my favourite part of the whole thing because it is people who have left Exeter University and are now coming together to sing and the group is going to be called Exodus. Yeah, which uh, which which ah. which is really fitting. I mean, there's a slight issue in that there is already an ensemble in London called Exodus. There already was who yeah. are really very good. I was I sort of floated the idea of different choir names, something like Exonia or Exoniae. Both would fit for sort of of Exeter in a in a Latin context, but it doesn't matter. So I, you know, Michael's rebuttal was we'll just have to be better than them. I set up this choir like 12 years ago, and it's just being in, sort of reinvigorated. So, yeah. But very exciting, and that'll be great. So we're currently looking for venues, and at some point, hopefully, we'll be be able to sort of do some services and some concerts. And so, you know, so any read any members of the readership yes. who are based in London or find themselves in London every now and then, or fancy going to London, then we'll be sure to plug any gigs that are upcoming. But that's very exciting. So no choral piece this week, I'm afraid, but some interesting musical news. Actually, and in musical news, I was wondering if you were going to mention, because I have watched this, but you were there live. You went to the Wickman Spectacular a couple of Uh, weeks ago. I did. I did. And it was fantastic. It was so brilliant. So what was it? Because this is I know what this was, but for the readers at home. So as God, he's got a, he's got a lot of airtime this episode. He'll be he'll be over the moon. Hugo Wickman <laughs> and his elder brother Freddie put on a sort of evening of musical comedy. Now, for those obviously the readers will know of Hugo, but may not know uh, his elder brother brother Freddie, who is a YouTuber like yourself, or well, he does YouTube sort of a better one. Yes, and he he. <laughs> He does. I, I had proper Uncle Vernon vibes then. A better one. <laughs> a better one. <laughs> last year, last year I had thirty-nine subscribers. <laughs> well, this we'll, we'll get you five more subscribers, Pumpkin. How about that? I too also live under the stairs <laughs> because YouTube AdSense is shit at the moment. <laughs> Freddie makes YouTube videos, and they are music in sort of scope. And he does things like the ontological fugue, and he uses musical sort of comedy as a tool for music teaching. And it's really very, very clever. My favourite example is every Handel bass aria ever, which is sung by our friend Hugo. Yeah. And and it, the whole, I mean, I thought the evening was really well crafted. It was in this gorgeous little church in the middle of well, it sort of felt like in the middle of nowhere. It didn't really feel like you were in London at all because it was in the middle of a sort of park. Really lovely, very intimate, sort of arrived. And for the first half an hour, there was a little drinks reception where you sort of did a donation and you could have a glass of fizz or wine or whatever. And then sat down for about an hour of music. And it was it was sort of comedy music interspersed with some sort of serious singing from Hugo in addition to the sort of more comic stuff and some serious playing from Freddie. And it was just, I mean, both incredibly talented people, you know, coming together. And it was filmed. You can you can watch it. I'll, I'll leave a link in the show notes. 
Oh yeah, if yeah, absolutely. We'll link it and you must give it a watch because behind the comedy, which is brilliant, is some stonking musicianship. I mean, mm. Freddie to compose and, and play so many of these pieces, but then also I mean Hugo Hugo's voice is just strength to strength. Thunderous. You know, it's an incredible yeah. gift. So yeah, I heartily, heartily recommend having a listen. Well, all the above will be in the show notes, but the show itself must go on. Now, I've got a little story for you today, Dan. Okay. So I, this evening, made a Indonesian satay curry for okay. myself and my wife. My wife. It's delicious. One of my favourite recipes. That balance of kind of like the earthiness and the lime and the and the sweetness of like maple syrup in our case. Yeah, lovely. Anyway, I plated up our two bowls and I was walking over to the living room and I spotted on the side... What I thought was, oh, there's a bit of spillage from one of the saucepans when I was moving the sauce around. So I picked it up with my finger. Lovely, straight in the mouth. Yeah. I took one more step and then I realised that it was not Indonesian satay curry. No. I had just eaten the juice from our food waste bin that I had just put <laughs> over that section of the countertop. Well done. Well done. And it was one of the most visceral reactions I've had in my life <laughs> that wave of realization of foot hits the ground mother of god what have i done <laughs> just like a dog under the tap like <laughs> thing is though i mean that is funny and i'm sure to readers that sounds very funny but having lived with you and knowing you well <laughs> as i do that move and that attitude and approach does not surprise me in the slightest you when it comes to just anything that re might resemble it. I thought you were going to say you'd, you'd notice little thing and it was actually like cat shit or, you know, <laughs> I mean, God knows anything that might even vaguely resemble a food stuff before even <laughs> thinking if it's OK, it's going straight in your gob. Pixel wife did say to me after this happened, she, she, she looked at me in her best teacher voice and was like, and this is why we don't put random things in our mouth. Yeah, she's not wrong. And, and, and you know what? It's not an unfair criticism. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's completely reasonable. But yeah, I, I literally had to swell my mouth out before this podcast. It was something of a traumatic experience and I'm glad that I've got my friend Daniel Moore to help me through it. Yeah, it was my pleasure. I want, you to, I want you to describe to me as best you can, as if you were a sort of sommelier, the visceral experience of bin juice bin juice it was a uh, it's piquant let's make it classier bin jus how about that yeah jus de jus de bain jus de refuse it's a it's a south-facing bin of course oh lovely how many bedrooms and the immediate sensation i had was the bottom of my stomach dropping oh god <laughs> like Ooh. a similar sensation to going over a humpback bridge yeah and then in, in a parallel motion my throat going upwards <laughs> as if my torso was trying to stretch itself. You've, for about a second, you resembled a giraffe and then... Yeah. <laughs> like in a cartoon. Yeah. You saw this lump go up my throat, like the opposite yeah. of swallowing something in a cartoon. Yeah. And just... And I think I tried to communicate to Pixel Wife because I took my step into the living room and I basically go... <laughs> Put the food down, right? Because that was the first thing I like. Put the food down before I ran to the ran to the tap. Extraordinary! You are extraordinary. Thank you. I really do appreciate that. It's all, anyway, what, what's been happening with you? 
<laughs> Anything you'd like to criticise? <laughs> well, you won't believe it, but I just started eating out of a bin the other day. <laughs> just gorging, sort of like a trough, you know, pig at a trough. What have I? What have I been up to? Well, it's been quite a busy week at work. Lots to do. I may. I rewatched all of the, and when I say all, I mean all of the Indiana Jones films. Oh, wait, including the one that's just come out. Include no. Okay, so I've seen four. I haven't seen the fifth one that's ju- that's just come out. I haven't seen yet, but watched the first one. Loved it. Classic. Lovely memories. No notes. Perfect B movie. Yeah, just great. Really nice. Watched the second one. Y- yeah. Yeah, really, really good. I think the the weakest of the of the if we can call it the original, definitely the weakest of the three. Quite problematic. Temple of Doom. Yeah, yeah, so weak, so weak. Like it's just, it's not great. It's just yeah, a bit bit sort of tortured. And then obviously the third one, brilliant, Last Crusade, yeah. fantastic. Then, <laughs> are you about to say that you watched the fourth one and you thought it was all right? Do you know me at all? I'm about to say that I watched the fourth one and the experience of watching that was like drinking bin juice. And I think you of all people will be aware <laughs> of how unpleasant an experience that is. Dan's torso lengthened. He got up to about five inches tall. <laughs> he was sat in the in the cinema seat and his, his legs were kicking, you know, about a third of the way down the seat. Yeah, which is ideal because normally when I'm sitting on a cinema seat, I can very easily fall between the crack at the back from the, the bottom of the seat. And, the you know, what I'm saying is I'm like a borrower. <laughs> You're munching on a single piece of popcorn. Yeah. Oh. I'm sitting on the other piece. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're sitting on top of the... You buy a box of popcorn so that you can put it on the seat. Yeah. So that you can stand on top of the popcorn. Like a booster seat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if I want to drink, I have to stand on a sugar cube and punt across the uh, top of the top of the top of the drink. No, 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 no. You get one of those tango ice blasts, you know, with the big long straw, and then you, you sort of suck on it like a hamster in a cage. <laughs> Thank you. Single drop forms at the end of the straw, and that'll, that'll nourish me for a week. If you suck too hard, it'll all come out in one big globule, and you'll be trapped oh. inside like an end, <laughs> like a bug. Right, and there we go. What's the readership going to do with that soundbite, Simon? You know exactly what they're going to do with that, so well done. Oh, yeah. You can send a physical copy of it to our post box. <laughs> now, Fergus, I know that's probably very tempting to do something silly with there, but let's see if you can exercise a degree of restraint. I don't for a second believe that you will, but, you know, let's... <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> I believe in you, Fergus. <laughs> if you suck too hard, it'll all come out in one big globule. If you suck too hard, it'll all come out in one big globule. If you suck too hard, it'll all come out in one big globule. 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 Suck too hard, globule. Suck too hard, globule. Suck too hard, globule. Suck too hard, globule. So the fourth one was is what you were saying. Yeah, it was dreadful. It was so bad. Really, really bad. Everything about it, I hated. Um, I wasn't surprised. I knew that this would be the case, but I had to watch the fourth one because I can't. I have to complete it, you know? Yeah. And I will probably at some point go and see the fifth one, and that's going to be dreadful as well. Not got high hopes, I must say. No. But what are you going to do? My mum has said she wants to go see it, and I haven't been to the cinema with my mum for a long time. I thought it'd be a nice thing to do together. Yeah, absolutely. But I am not looking forward to the film. I've actually been enjoying some media recently, which isn't something that 
we often talk about on this show, I suppose, like often we're being very critical. Mm. I have been really enjoying, I've had a bit of a slump with reading recently. Like I have on my to-do list every single day, read a page of a book. And up until quite recently, I've actually been reading some quite dry nonfiction just for other projects. Mm-hmm. And so I thought I'd treat myself to a piece of fiction just to get myself back into the habit of enjoying reading. Yeah. Um, and so I've been reading a Warhammer book. I've been reading a book from the Black Library, which I know isn't high literature, but I can tear through about 50 pages a day of... It's not high literature, but it's high fantasy. So it's, you know, that's fine. It's, it's yeah. Well, 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 actually, it's funny you say that because uh, the, the book I've been reading has been The First Heretic by Aram Dembski Bowden, which for those of you who are vaguely familiar with Warhammer might recognise, it's the book that basically... I don't know if it's the first chronologically, but it's certainly one of the first chronologically from the Horus Heresy. So, like, it's a book that describes the thing that kicks off basically the entire plotline of Warhammer 40,000. So it's actually been quite cool and, like, nerding out and seeing all the little details of how it happens. So would this be a good thing, a good introduction to Warhammer literature then? Would that be a book that you would say is the one to go for? Because I, I can see myself getting into it in a big way, but I need a recommendation as to where to start. It's better written than most of the books. I will say Aaron Densky Bowden is actually a very good author. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'd say it was a good one to start with because it's one of these books that makes references to stuff that's happened in like the previous 10 books. And you're like, oh, now it makes sense. Like the, right. the order is, is it's not super important, but I probably wouldn't read this one first. Sure. Like if you want, the recommendation I always give if you want to read a Warhammer book is Brothers of the Snake by Dan Abner. That, that's like a collection of short stories that have a cohesive plot across all of them right so it allows you to dip in basically but that but that's not set in the horus heresy it's set in the actual main main setting yeah very very nerdy chat sorry everyone at home but my point being i've really enjoyed just reading something pulpy and i think there's this this idea that when you're an adult you have to read great literature with a capital g you know Mm. and this has been like um almost like oh it's a guilty pleasure i'm reading a i'm reading a nerd book and it's like about a, a franchise and the fact is i'm reading a book i'm having a good time i'm enjoying the story and i'm forming a story in my mind and i think it is actually prompting me to want to write not necessarily fiction but just you know for my videos and stuff like it's actually making me excited to write and do interesting things with words good in a way that you know it's like a starter motor sure this isn't this isn't nutritious food this is like you know it's like a little bit of junk food as a treat and it's getting me back into the swing of things and after this is a book on, um, I think it's called Life and Death on St Kilda by Tom Steele, which is about the evacuation of a Scottish island. It's a real, real you know, really, true story, but apparently it's very, very well written. Mm. And then I've got any number of books that I should be reading after that. Yes. But I just needed a little leg up. Like, I don't, Are you reading anything at the moment? Uh, I have been doing some reading. It's from a textbook, though, and it's all about over-the-counter derivatives, law and fintech post-financial crash. Um, stuff. So like, it's, it's it's work reading, basically, just to as background stuff so I can be better at my job. Right. But uh, it's good, actually. It is very interesting. And I was reading... What was I reading? Oh, I was reading another Kazuo Ishiguro. It was his first one. I've been lent the book. I, I got about a chapter in and then haven't picked it up since because i've been busy but but that's great i mean i love his work extraordinary you know? yeah. i still haven't read any of his stuff but one day i will get around to it if you're going to start with anything can i recommend that you start with the buried giant okay the buried giant i will add that to the list i think that's the one to start with and then probably go never let me go clara and the sun remains of the day yeah there's plenty to choose from yeah i think for you i think the best start would be the buried giant the other thing which i wanted to mention as something I've been really enjoying recently on a number of levels 
is a YouTube channel. It's A. Collier Astro, Dr. Angela Collier, who has exploded out of kind of nowhere. Like her first video, I think, is only five months old. Like she's just, oh, no, 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 that she does go back further. But like she's one of these channels that had like quite a big hit and actually it's had quite a few like step ups. Like, you know, this video has clearly got more than its previous videos and this kind of stuff. Um, but basically she did a PhD in dark matter and then has done a bunch of science communication afterwards. And I think she works in a lab, like in industry now full time. But she does these really interesting videos that are unlike kind of other sci-com I've really seen before. Some of them are basically her talking to camera and it's really low production value in the sense of it is just like one angle, very minimal graphics and stuff like that. But mm. the one that really exploded and got me really excited about her stuff was called, it, the video is called String Theory Lied to Us and Now Science Communication is Hard. And in it, she is playing a game, The Binding of Isaac, very famous, well-known game. Oh, yeah, love that. And basically just talking about this topic of the history of string theory and how it's affected science communication and, like, the impacts that it, we're still seeing of it today. And it's, like, 50 minutes long of her playing a game and then looking at the camera from time to time and occasionally a graphic will come up. And it's such a unique way to do SciComm. It's kind of what I've tried to do a little bit on Twitch. Yes. But she had clearly written like a script or like at least a bullet point script that she was referring to as in like one continuous take, basically. Yeah. And um, it was just really refreshing. And she's really good. Like she's really, really good at explaining this stuff in a conversational way. So um, uh, I really liked it. And I thought people who, who read the podcast might like That's it too. Right. So I will leave a link to that in the show notes as well. But um, yeah, highly worth... I mean, some of the other videos she did, she did a video on like why alien life isn't going to be silicon-based. It's probably going to be carbon-based. This idea that dark matter isn't a theory, it's a set of observations. Something about what the most important material in science is, uh, a theory on crackpots in science. So like quite quite varied stuff, all, all within the same domain. But I um, really brilliant. liked her stuff. Um, I might have to try and collaborate with her on something, I think. Maybe she wants to come on the podcast. We haven't had a guest for a while, to be fair. We haven't had a guest for a good long while. So Turns out not much can live up to the Swedish Wikicast. Of course. But, you know, I mean, that's the stuff of legend. Do we just start again? Do we, do we really lower the bar and have, like, Hugo on? <laughs> the number of times he has said to me, why won't you let me on the podcast? <laughs> because of that phrase why won't you let me on the podcast yes, why yeah. can i not be unleashed upon the podcast perhaps perhaps in the in the near future we'll we'll get him on for for a sort of i don't know episode one two five or something you know quarter of a way to 200 the thing is i can tell readers in advance what that episode is going to sound like that episode is going to sound Hey guys, so I was just coming on the podcast, yeah, and uh, yeah, I've got a very loud voice. I don't know if you can tell this, but they actually haven't invented a microphone loud enough for me yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's exactly what it's going to be like. It's, it's, I apologise to readers at home and to Fergus who had to listen to that roar. However, I would say that I think Hugo would excel brilliantly in Critics Corner. Oh, he would as well. We would have some really, really interesting chats. Hugo is a film buff like like ourselves, right? But but he has some really certified, very, keyword. very interesting takes and an extremely, um, extremely sort of strong musical sort of cat musical move move movical catalog <laughs> in in his head. Something something jellical cats. Yeah, exactly. Maybe in the future we'll have to consult the fates on that yes, one. Yes, we'll see. We'll see. Top lad. 
uh, we find ourselves in Patreon corner. Patreon.com forward slash the wikicast is the way that if you enjoy the show, if you're enjoying it so far and you would like to keep us going, then you can pledge your support at one well in, in one of four ways technically, but we're one of two camps. What are the camps that they can people can stick their colours to, Dan? Well, you can either stick your colours to Team Cat or Team Dog. Now, I don't need to say which one is the right choice. Obviously. Um, but, but those options are available to you. And within those two options, you have multiple tiers of sort of alle- allegiance. When you say multiple, you, you mean two. Yes, yes. You have, you, have, <laughs> you have binary choices. We've got either Top Dog or Team Dog, and it's $1 or $5 a month. Uh, $5 a month. Uh, aside from being granted top lad status, your name will also be read out on the podcast like what I am about to do in it. So without further ado, I'd love to say an enormous thank you to those who support at Top Dog, the real reader's choice, tier. So I'd like to say an enormous thank you to Jay Wright, Ben McMurtry, Peter Reed, Codzo, Colin J. Brown, Lexi at Front Desk, Hasse Hansen, Henry VII, King of England and of France, Lord of Ireland, Aaron Jorgensen, Naf Laroque, Andrian with an N, Chan, Ben Caples, Martin Narciso, Christian from the Alps, Lexi at Front Desk's boss, Amy Bonney, Sophie, Brummy Mike, Carnav, and Dan Nelson. Thank you so much. Whereas I would like to thank the people of the, the true reader's choice, those who are supporting a top cat level, including Lord Lewis Bassingdale of Annettsford and its surrounding provinces, Isabella, Lexi at Front Desk's arch enemy, James S, Anna Reifer, Nathan Flaherty, The Kyrene on Caffeine, Simon P, Jack Easton, Izzy CC, Nuffy Iftikar, Christopher Betterton, Dame Valerie III, Layla Medina, Will Jennis Humphreys, Rents Kirk, Oliver Burghart, Cole Mansfield, and the one and only Dan Hanvey. Thank you very much to each and every one of you. It's all your fault. It's all your fault. Hang on, let me just leap into correspondence. (laughs) Very good. Great minds. And it's a high score from the Ukrainian judge. (laughs) And it's a 10 from Len. Why Len's here, we have no idea. (laughs) Keep jumping. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Very fine. Oh, it's... What was it? That was a like um, uh, that was a Hat Films bit quite recently. It was like, can you try and sing the Antiques Roadshow song, like the theme song, but only using noises as if you were having a. Oh yeah. It was like. It's the it's the last bit that's the best. Yeah. <laughs> also because it's like a come down. <laughs> Extraordinary. Well, that way forms a mess. Gosh. And we have a letter here from James S. It's titled Video in TV. James writes, "Hello dear fellows, Rather than give Fergus the job of digging out a 30s-era soundtrack, I've made him the much less taxing decision just to write normally instead. As an aside, Fergus... Ah, it's James S. C. <laughs> sending us correspondence from the Reed Streets of Chicago. And as an aside, Fergus, thank you for all the work you put into this podcast. Back to the top of your hand. Can we... Let's just take a moment. 
and 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 give give Fergus a good tennis clap there. You know, and we didn't even have a piss mentioned last episode. I don't know if you noticed, by the way. <sighs> My first point was to heartily recommend the YouTube video simply called Lackadaisy Pilot. See trailer here, and there is a link. We shall watch that, uh, James. To give the readership context, it's much more than a YouTube video. It's an animated short film set in the Prohibition-era US. What's the twist in the tale, I hear you ask? Cats. Specifically, all the characters are cats. A bit comparable to Art Spiegelman's mouse, but both the goodies and the baddies are felines this time. And the pictures move. <laughs> it's a delightfully crafted, joke-filled joyride, and I can highly recommend it. That sounds brilliant. I'll have to watch that. I'm watching it right now, and it is beautiful. Oh, really? Oh, gosh. I'm going to have to send this to my partner. She's cat mad. Next, I wanted to delve into the creative decision taken by the writer of the TV drama The Investigation. This show originally aired on HBO and was written by Tobias Lindholm. It was an iPlayer for a time um, after that, so I saw it there and enjoyed what I saw. The series came out in 2021, so it's readily available to purchase or rent if any reader's interest is piqued. It centres around the 2017 Danish submarine case, the initial disappearance oh, of the journalist yeah. Kim Wall and the subsequent murder inquiry. The main difference with the investigation to crime dramas in the UK is its refusal to focus at all on the killer. Mm. Of course, the show has to examine why the man did what he did, but in no way does it show it from his point of view. Instead, it revolves around the police and their investigation, the divers and their searching, and Kim Wells' parents waiting all the time for answers. Hey, that sounds good. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. I have to give that a look. Shows in the UK such as White House Farm or Des arguably make the story as much about the killer as the victim. Mm. Yeah, I really agree. And and the, and the sort of the glorification in that is something that I never fit, sits sort of quite the right with me. The Jeffrey Dahmer show on Netflix did this as yeah, well. Like exactly. It turned him into kind of an icon. Or um, the, what was it? Was it the Night Stalker? That was another one. And I'm thinking of the Night Manager with um, Loki. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know which Fair one enough. that one is. Uh, sure, there's a place for these shows. They prove popular for a reason. I suppose audiences enjoy seeing somebody squirm or wait with bated breath to see whether the suspect can weasel themselves out of it. But the investigation demonstrates you can have as good a drama without having to give the killers any screen time. There are no interrogations in the show at all. The killer isn't named, nor is an actor cast to play them. I wonder what your feelings might be on the matter, on the media shifting these narratives towards the victims rather than the perpetrators. I think that's a really interesting take, and I, I think it sounds far more like a take that I can sort of more comfortably get on board with as much as one can get on board about a victim focus i was going to say because it's not without its problems because at the end, then you are making the the victims a commodity that you are making yes. a tv show about and, and like that's the nature of these shows right like that mm. every murder mystery or every true crime or whatever it is has that to an extent but like i think it does lay bare the problems of the genre in a way yeah yeah but I think it's probably the lesser of two evils, I suppose. It certainly, I mean, it certainly piqued my interest. So, I, yeah, I want to, I want to give this a look. Uh, uh, James writes, finally, I recently finished watching the BBC, the new BBC series Steel Town Murders with Philip Glenister. The story is about a case in 1973 that was reopened in 2002 as DNA evidence and techniques are used to try and bring closure to the victims' families. There are interrogations, yes, but I would say a good portion is again dedicated to the victims and the surrounding people affected, rather than focusing on the killer. The way the story shifts from 73 to 02 and back was really well done, and the two separate casts do a great job. A bit of a slow burn, perhaps, but nonetheless enjoyable. Blimey. Summer's around the corner, gents, so have a wonderful time of it. Kind regards, James S. 4.2 Prince Louis. <laughs> I forgot that we had Prince Louis as our unit at the time. Yeah. 
Oh, that's great. I mean, loads of recommendations there from James. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been so long since I've had the time to like actually get into a series properly. Like I know Pixel Wife just um uh finished watching and loved is it something about Rosie or something like that? Oh yeah. Um, I think I've heard about it. I think this. that David Tennant was in Yes. recently. Oh well, that's not the name of it. That's gonna bug me. And it looked really good. The bit that I watched Does he play a priest? There she goes. That's what it's called. It's based on... Oh, that's interesting. Uh, it's a British comedy drama created and written by Sean Pye based on his own experiences with his daughter who was born with a chromosomal disorder. Mm. Show follows the life of learning disabled Rosie Yates along with her parents and her older brother. Interesting. Yeah, so I didn't know that that was the, sort of the backstory. Yeah, so a Pixel Wife, like, for example, really got into this and loved it, whereas I just... I haven't had time, man. I have not had time for something yeah. like this. Yeah. I find it, honestly, like, I find that I ha I feel... I feel like I have to keep on top of relevant YouTube videos for my job. Like, watch what cool. people who are in the sphere of are creating. Yeah. And as a result, yeah, you do get sucked down these side tangents. And yes, so I watch Hat Films or I'd watch Bricky or The Oxcaster, whoever. And um, I feel like it's a, it's full time just trying to stay on top of that. Like, I don't feel like I have time for TV. No, I agree. I don't. I don't think I tend to. I mean, certainly terrestrial television. I very, I very rarely consume now. Yeah. It's a shame because I, I there, it's a totally different world and like I mean the one exception to that is um, uh, watching Star Trek. That's the one thing sure. yeah. that, that that you know I've been doing and I've really really enjoyed doing and that's been like my my gym thing. I finished watching Barry by the way. Oh, uh, uh, Hugo's recommendation. What did you think? Oh, extraordinary, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, Bill Hader is a genius and and I uh, just just yeah extraordinary really really good i highly highly recommend it to anyone it's it's wonderful i'll have to check it out uh, i mean hopefully at some point soon i'll actually have time to to enjoy tv but yes i will i will make a note to actually watch that one so simon what have we learned today today dan we learned about a few of the people who have been ambassadors of sweden to ukraine believe it or not that was over an hour ago we have had a pretty rambling conversation since we have about... but it's been a good conversation i've enjoyed it it's been, I've had a, thanks for having me. I've had a really oh, nice time. Any time, Dan. I'd love to have you back on the show. It'd be great. Yeah, I'd love to come next, back. Next time? But, next episode? Hey, yeah, this, same time next week? <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, we'll have, we won't be next week. Let's be real. <laughs> same time next month? <laughs> yeah, yeah, same time in like two months. That'll be fine. Yeah. Anyway, hopefully it'll be in two weeks. <laughs> we spoke about ambassadors. We spoke about, God, what else did we talk about? Oh, I went to Strasbourg. I went for a cycle. I got very hot. Oh yeah, gosh, the heat. Spoke about the heat. Mm. I spoke about a youth band, some modern contemporary music that regular people listen to, uh, which was extraordinary. I also we also spoke about the, the alumni choir coming back. Very exciting. And the Wickman concert in and uh, the in Wickman London, concert. You should definitely listen to. Link in the link in the show notes. And we we had a bit of a rambling chat about media, I suppose. Like um yeah. Well, and and uh, jus de bain, my new favorite drink. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And that's all for this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your podcasting service of choice. Join the Discord. And if you'd like to see our faces, check out our Instagram. Techniques for beating the heat, your kitchen mishaps, and other thoughts on the show can be sent to us at spongyelectric at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Join us again for another tumble down the wiki rabbit hole. And, and we'll, we'll see, see you next time. time.
globule.